This is Mac DeMarco. Prepare yourself for some of the best music you will ever experience. And welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it. In South Carolina, there are many tall pines. I remember. But now when I'm lonesome, I always pretend that I'm getting the theme. Good morning, uh, listen, local listeners. My name is Julian Mark. I'm your host. And you are listening to Hickory Wind uh, by The Birds off of the album uh, Sweetheart of the Radio. Excuse me, The Rodeo. Uh, an album that I was listening to this morning in the dark with a cup of coffee. Uh, sometimes you just need those moments. Um, today we have a very special episode. Um, I'm here with uh, Laura Wenis of the San Francisco Public Press, formerly of Mission Local and formerly the host of this show. Uh, good morning, Laura. Good morning. It's so good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. And um, I'm here with our reporter, Abraham Rodriguez. Abe, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Um, so, um, I, we'll start off with Laura. Um, Laura, you now work for the San Francisco Public Press. Describe, um, you know, what you do and, and what might be coming around the corner. Well, what I do right now is mostly panic about all of the different things w- that we're trying to make happen at the same time. We just got on the air with a brand new... Okay, let's, let's back up. Let's back up for just a second. I'm so excited to talk about it. I'm <laughs> just so ready ex- to go. Let me, let me just explain really quickly that uh, Laura and uh, the Public Press team, they are setting up an entirely new radio station. It's not just a show. It is a whole station that will have a variety of programming. Is that correct? That's right. And what is it called? It's called KSFP, as in the San Francisco Public Press. Uh-huh. And what are the, uh, what are the call numbers? Well, those are the call letters. Oh, no, those are the call letters. Okay, what, <laughs> what, are the, what, what is the station that people actually tune, so tune in to? So you can tune in to 102.5 FM, and we are a low-power FM radio station, so unfortunately you do have to be in San Francisco in order to get KSFP on your radio tuner. And I should also note that we share the signal. We've done this strange new thing that you can do with low-power FMs, mm-hmm. and we share the signal with a community radio station called San Francisco Community Radio, uh-huh. KXSF. Uh-huh. And so we're basically a timeshare on this frequency. So right. we'll air from 10 a.m. Sorry, from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. and from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. and they air in the other times. So the signal will switch over between us. We'll sort of hand over the signal at those times. And we'll be broadcasting mostly public interest talk programming, and they're mostly music. Okay, so when was the last time a sort of a brand new radio station? Do you know when, you know, if this is a common thing to happen when people just set up radio stations and say, we're going to offer a whole bunch of programming? Yeah, news radio is a little bit in turmoil in the same way that the rest of journalism is a little bit in turmoil. Uh huh. Okay. So what happens now, or what's happening now a lot of the time, is that a commercial radio station will get bought out 
In the same way that, for example, a local newspaper is getting bought out, okay. you know, by an investment company or what, by a bigger company. What is an example of a, of a commercial radio station? Like what? So like KGO. Okay, right. Although I think they're AM. Um, KCBS is okay, a commercial CBS. news radio station, okay, but they do news, right? Right, okay. So, so often what's happening, I think nationally as well as regionally, uh-huh. is that these places get bought out or they lose money and then they get sold off. And what's really happening in terms of new radio stations is religious programming. Oh, really? So you'll have ultra-religious radio, you know, on the airwaves in San Francisco. Really? Yeah. Even here in the Bay Area. And yeah. where, where do these, like, come from? I don't know. Okay, interesting. I think they come from, you know, religious institutions, churches. Oh, wow. And so they buy these radio stations. Uh-huh. And so much in the same message. way that you that you bought them, that, that the public press bought this... Not quite in the same way, because we're essentially starting uh-huh. something up. KXSF did most of the legwork for uh-huh. starting up this radio station. Oh, I see. Okay. But we applied to the FCC for a license to basically what we got is a construction permit, um, which is kind of funny because in order to get your permit, you have to already, you're, in order to get your license from the FCC, you have to already be broadcasting. Oh, wow. Um, so you get a construction permit, you build up your station, you start broadcasting. And then when you have a signal going out, you go back to the FCC and you're like, hey, we're doing it. And then they give you a license. And that just happened for us. Yeah. So if you were to guess, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you, you know, you just got hired. Uh, you just got hired to set this thing up. Uh-huh. You're, you know, you're kind of, uh, you know, trudging forward. It's a, it's a frontier. You I don't know about trudging. I would say we're we're walking quite confidently. Walking confidently <laughs> forward uh, in into this frontier. Yes. Right. Um, why you know why did the San Francisco Public Press, which deals mainly in in print news and and long form investigative in depth features, why did they decide to um, start this thing up? I mean, they're not religious. Um, that what what's what's going on? Yeah, we're not on? here to proselytize, right? Except right. for the good word of in-depth nonprofit journalism. Mm-hmm. Well, as I understand it, and I wasn't privy to all the specific decisions about how to do this or why to do this, but as far as I understand it, it happened almost by accident. So there was a a desire to expand the public press's nonprofit, or sorry, excuse me, um, multimedia mm-hmm. offerings, mm-hmm. and. Um, supporters came together and said, well, you know, there's this really cool new thing that you can do, which is a low-power FM station. And it's it's a new thing the FCC does sort of in response to communities wanting to create community radio, no kidding. but not having the capital or the resources or the, or the know-how, you know, to start up a big commercial radio station or a big public radio station, all right. of which require quite a bit of resources. Right, right. And so for a low-power FM, you can essentially do the same thing, but much, much scaled down. Um, and that's that's what we're doing now. So what is the goal? I mean, what is the, you know, what is the ultimate purpose of, of, of doing this? I mean, obviously, the public press is delivering news. You know, there yeah. are, you know, uh, other, I mean, the, you know, you're, you're publishing online. Uh, what is the purpose specifically of, of providing uh, th- these kinds of uh, this kind of material uh, through you know over the radio, o- old fashioned radio, not yeah. just an internet podcast? Well, we just really love legacy formats. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, there is an aspect of public access to a terrestrial radio signal uh-huh. because okay. you know the internet is kind of the thing that we think of as the most publicly accessible, easily accessible place, mm-hmm. and everybody has access to it. But the truth is not everybody does have access to the internet, at least not reliably. And it is very, very easy to pick up a cheap used radio tuner. No kidding. And you right. can pretty yeah, much just for an extremely low startup cost have access to all of this material. So the way that I've heard it phrased is podcasts are like books, mm-hmm. and you've got tons of books easily accessible to somebody with internet all over the internet. But 
a radio station is like a library where anybody can come in at any time and just sort of browse. And I think that's what we're going for with the programming that we'll have during the hours where we're not doing our specific show. And of course, our specific shows, too. I want that to be as accessible as possible. So so you're saying that anybody in San Francisco uh, can tune in and, and listen to this if they have a, a radio? Uh, yes. They may not be able to get it everywhere in San Francisco. Oh, no kidding. Oh, so, really? So because, again, because we're a low power FM, uh, the signal may not be able to penetrate all the way into the interior of a building. And you also may not have such good luck if you're on the opposite side of a hill from Sutro Tower, because we will be broadcasting from Sutro Tower. Okay. And so the best reception is going to be within line of sight of Sutro Tower. Oh, all right. Yeah. So so people in Oakland and people commuting to and from San Francisco may not pick this up. I think you can get it just about at the halfway point between uh, Yerba Buena and San Francisco on the bridge. Right, right. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you know, I've never, this is the first time I ever, you know, I've heard of people setting up a community radio station, and this is the first time I've actually uh, known somebody who has uh, done something like this, so it's actually very, very special. It's cool. There is a precedent, actually. There's a station called WNHH, uh-huh. which is the radio station of the New Haven Independent in, I believe, Connecticut. Okay. And they have the same sort of model. They're doing news, uh-huh. and the staff of the newspaper staff there, mm-hmm. low-power FM station. Right. And they seem to be making it work. So well, how long ago did they do this? I think it's been up and running for a few years. A few years? And and have you listened to it? Are you using it as a model? Are you talking to them it's about It's a little bit of a model. Yeah, I, I think that our director mm-hmm. is in touch with them in some way. I haven't been part of those conversations because I've been uh, distracted by plugging computers into other computers so that we can talk to the transmitter mm-hmm. and getting into those kinds of technical things, which are kind of fun and also sure. starting up our show. Um, so uh, perhaps, I mean, equally interesting, but in a different way, uh, you will also be uh, the reporter and host of a flagship show. Uh, for right. for this station, and what is that? What is that show called? It's called Civic. It's from called the Civic. San Francisco Public Press. Civic from the San Francisco. You're gonna Public hear Press. me say that so many times. I'm yeah, to say that thousands of times. I'm really excited <laughs> to hear it. Actually, me too. Thousands I'm excited to show it to you. Uh, Monday evening at Impact Hub, we will be having a launch party to introduce our new program, Civic, to the world. So you're invited, dear listener, if you're so inclined. Upstairs at Impact Hub, Monday evening, the 19th at 6 p.m. Great. Well, um, what is Civic? And and I guess, you know, why with all of the uh, media around us, uh, should I take the time to listen to it? Yeah, not even just all the media, but all the podcasts. Everybody and their grandma has a podcast. I'm on one right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, what we want to do is to Well, actually, sorry, before I do that, Mm -hmm. before we do, what is it? I mean, like, what is the show? What is it? So it'll be a daily, sorry, week daily radio program. Uh So we'll be airing Civic at 8 a.m. and I believe 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. We haven't quite nailed it down yet. Mm-hmm. But twice a day, we'll be airing uh-huh. a, a daily show, essentially. That's an hour of San Francisco-focused public interest programming. Right. And then on Friday, we'll have sort of a compilation of some of the segments dur- that we've aired during the week. Hopefully, they'll be thematically linked. Mm-hmm. And we'll also present that t- 
as the podcast and you can break that out into the different segments that we'll have so if you're really only interested in one interview on a certain topic we'll have that broken out for you and you can listen to that segment Mm -hmm. uh we'll also have segments like i'm really excited about what's new and what's next which is sort of a roundup of what happened in san francisco news during the week but then also we'll do that work of scouring through the agendas of the various city committees and and meetings and things like that to make it really easy for somebody who might not be really into the activist world or the political world yet, but is interested in dipping a toe in to go oh. and, for example, make public comment at this thing that you care about. Because, you know, in the news, you always see something's happening and then you might care about that. You might have something to say about it. But if you don't really know how these things work or where to look, then it's kind of a barrier to entry to really engaging in, in the government process. So I, we hope to make that easier for people. That's right. Um, Abe, do you, what, do you, what do you think of this? I think it's amazing. You don't really hear about new radio stations coming up off the ground that easily. Right, uh, right. You know, I remember as a kid, I used to listen to, like, Live 105 every morning on the way to school. And, um, you know, there has been a lot of changes, a lot of changes in the, in the radio landscape just here in the Bay Area. Right, right. So um, it's really nice to hear, really endearing to hear that. Yeah, it's endearing to hear that there's a... Just endearing, a, huh? <laughs> you guys try starting up a radio station? No, it sounds actually... No, it does sound It does sound very interesting. And it sounds as though, you know, it's, it's really kind of um, more of... Um, it's exciting because you have this... Essentially, you do have a blank template. You have... Yes. You have... I mean, you know, you have sort of an idea of what you're going to be doing right now. And uh, you have a vague... I mean, it's not necessarily vague, but it is... I mean... It's going to be interesting to see what this actually develops into, and yeah. I mean that's it's going to be a. I mean that's that is uh, you know to me uh, you know where this is uh, you know kind of the most interesting thing about this is that we hear so much as you kind of noted earlier about you know bad news about the journalism industry mm. you know and to just see that something new is is starting and that you know you essentially have I mean I don't want to call it. Uh, I mean, a sandbox-like, uh, you know, environment to, to create, mm-hmm. um, that and is inspiring. That is That gives me a lot of hope. It, it's an, it inspires me, too, yeah. and that's part of why I really was excited about doing this. And the other thing is that it's not just us who get to decide what we do here, but, as, you know, because we're building it from the ground up, anybody who has feedback for us now, we can really incorporate that, and we can decide in six months if somebody says you know this really isn't working for me i wish you were doing more of x y or z we can go you know we're gonna give that a shot and totally change gears and completely change what we're doing yeah and that, we can be very responsive that's great um and so okay what what is uh, if you can give us a sneak preview about what the first episode of civic is about you know what what are we going to focus on we're going to be talking about affordable housing because uh-huh. that's sort of forefront the forefront of everything these days right but as you might remember there is a 600 million dollar affordable housing bond on the november ballot that's that right. voters are going to be deciding on and we're going to be looking at really what can san francisco get for 600 million you know the a, a single affordable housing unit right now can cost on the order of $700,000 to build. And of course, you know, there are people who would take exception to framing it that way because you're getting so much more than just 
a unit of housing when you build, you know, $700,000 worth of affordable housing. Mm -hmm. You're building a whole bunch of community infrastructure and all sorts of other things that go into that as well. But that said, really, what can we get out of this? And so we're talking to people who live in affordable housing. Oh. We're talking to people who build affordable housing. Oh, right. Uh, we're talking to, we also, we talked to uh, David Chu, actually, who's been trying to bring back at the state level. He's a, an assembly member representing part of San Francisco in the state legislature. And he's trying to bring back redevelopment, which brought in, I think, every year more than a billion dollars into the development of housing. Isn't that a bit of a controversial topic in San yes, Francisco? Yes, and we talked about that, too. <laughs> so there's all sorts of ground we're covering in this episode. Now, just to, you know, just, just to clear things up, a, a $600 million bond is a one-time... Uh, it's an infusion of cash. It's yeah, an, it's a one-time infusion of cash. Mm -hmm, it's not borrowing. like something like Prop C, you know, which uh, was going to uh, funnel money to homelessness, which Correct. would be a continual revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So they really do have to use this money wisely yes. uh, if they, if and when they do uh, get it. Yes, if if the voters pass it. Right, if the voters pass it. Well, uh, Laura, thank you so much for uh, for explaining your show. I'm really, really excited to do it. Everybody, uh, when is that? When is the launch again? The launch is on Monday, the 19th. We'll be at the upstairs room in the Impact in Impact Hub on 14th and Mission at 6 p.m. And we hope to see you there. Well, I'll be there. Are you? Will you be there, Abe? I will try. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks, Thank Julian. You. Yep. everybody welcome back and sorry for the dead air my uh the album unfortunately uh ended um i um i uh we have uh abraham rodriguez here and he actually wrote a very very stellar piece uh about um uh a laundromat in the mission and um abe just tell me a little bit you know about um you know why you why you ventured into uh this laundromat and you know what you discovered because obviously, you know, laundromats are just, they're laundromats. Yeah, they're, they're not, <laughs> nobody really actively wants to go to a la laundromat. You know, you don't really wake up and say, hey, today I'm going to go spend my day in the laundromat. Right, you don't really right. do that. Speak uh -huh. for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what happened was I had just published a story on um, this uh, Mexican bar here in a mission called it. There were not many people go there. So I kind of hung out and spent the afternoon there. Um, but there was a news aspect to this because they were opening up another, another location off of 24th Street. Uh huh. So I was looking for another story, and uh, my editor, Lydia Chavez, suggested I go and spend some time at, at, at this laundromat. Uh -huh. Capture the scene, she said. And she gave me an example that another reporter with Mission Local wrote, I think, back in 2009 or 10. Uh huh. And uh, this reporter stayed at the McDonald's off of 24th Street for about 20-something hours. Holy moly. I mean, yeah, he even writes in there that he showed up with, like, 66 minutes of sleep or something. Oh, my God. So, that sounds very painful. <laughs> she suggested, very mission local. Right? Yeah. 
She suggested I do something similar. And I'm thinking, well, do I really need to spend 24 hours at a laundromat? You know, I'm thinking, you know, what's the, what's the news aspect here? What's the story here? You know, there's it's a laundromat. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not the most exciting place. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, so I went and spent, you know, an entire Wednesday there. A bunch of hours up until, like, 4 or 5 p.m. And, you know, just spent a bunch of hours there. And really what I got was that there is a lot of... Um, you know, it's kind of like a very, it's like a hub for the community, like the neighborhood. You see a lot of different faces, a lot of different walks of life that show up to a laundromat. Well, I wonder, you know, when you first stepped in there, you know, and you, you know, the moment you got in, like, you probably just saw a laundromat, right? Yeah. And that was probably the perception that, you know, that you had had. Yeah. Um, and so how long did it take, you know, for you sitting there? I mean, did you just sit down and... Um, and just uh, just put yourself down and not talk to anybody and just observe for a little while? Or yeah. how, how did how did you kind of let this unfold? Yeah, I guess, in, in, you know, what I, what I had kind of, because I was just, you know, I had just done this thing at the wall, so I was like, all right, it's just like at the wall, right? You know, I'll just go in there <laughs> and kind of just, just post and kind of, uh, you know, scope the scene out. Uh-huh, so that's what uh-huh. I did. I showed up, um, I showed up and I kind of just sat on this bench and kind of just looked around and, got a sense of the atmosphere there um kind of you know get an idea of what everybody's doing and how everybody's feeling and and what and what did you see um people were bored well yeah people, people were, were bored. really bored um <laughs> you know you the, the thing about this a laundromat is that you know you have all this noise it's kind of warmer in there you know it's warmer inside a laundromat than it is outside even though we're in san francisco and everything it was still a little bit stuffy and comfortable so you know you have tvs blaring laundry machines going off little kids running up and down Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's not the most cozy place um yes but you uh, did uh you did run into quite a few characters i mean it i mean i guess my question is is mm. you know is it just one kind of person that 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 goes into these laundromats no no you you get a variety of uh of people that show up to uh, a laundromat especially a laundromat like fiesta laundromat um fiesta laundromat's on the corner of uh south Venice and 20th street mm-hmm. and so it's probably one of the only laundromats definitely this side of town that might have a parking lot so right. you get a lot of people that show up and you know their appeal is that the appeal to to a lot of folks is that you can actually drive your car in there and just you know carry your your loads in and um yeah you get a lot of different walks of life you know like um there was one guy who i talked to who was a um uh case manager for uh, mission neighborhood health center um another guy who was an uber driver and and what was that interaction like he was actually dumping a lot of clothes into the not not like just trashing it like leaving on the parking lot he was actually trying to donate it into this donation box Mm -hmm. so he was having to lift all these heavy clothes into this um big recycling uh you know donation bin where you kind of just pull the lever and all the clothes slides down the chute um and so we were talking while he was doing all this, and so he's like, you know, heaving and lifting all this stuff and trying to make it in and uh-huh. punching it so it kind of uh-huh. fits uh-huh. in the shoe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he was kind of a younger guy, but he was, uh, he was definitely the, the person there that kind of gave me, you know, even more context. You know, he called it a real, you know, community hub, kind of like, um, like a barbershop, he said. 
Is this, sorry, is this the driver or is this the... Uh, this is a case manager. The case manager. The case what about manager. the driver? The driver, his name was Santos. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's been living in a mission for, you know, something like 10 years or 12 or something like that. Right. He um he was actually working in a kitchen and he, and, he, and he was there for a long time, but he just got tired of the stress and the long hours and getting home at, you know odd hours and everything like that and um it just wasn't working out so he decided to quit and start driving for uber full-time i see and mm-hmm. was he like on a break from uber had he been up driving when you were talking to him yeah when, when i when i first met santos he was um he was falling asleep in a bench next to me oh really was, and did you like kind of shake him shake him awake or you know to ask him some questions or no i think i made i i made a crack at it i made a, a joke or something like that uh-huh, uh-huh. and it kind of you know when i noticed he finally woke up that's kind of when i delivered the punchline, and he was like oh yeah that was really funny and then we started talking oh great yeah and um you know he was explaining to me that you know right now during the summer months because his kids are out of school they're they're him and his his, his spouse aren't washing as much clothes um and they had a lot of clothes you know they had like six or seven gigantic you know trash bags full of clothes that they were washing but when 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 his kids are in school they come almost every weekend to wash all of their clothes and it's like a whole two to three hour ordeal and they spend you know at least like 20 bucks on laundry and it's a whole thing so he's like this is fine i'm fine with it right now because this is like an easy period, he was saying. It's not as, as bad as other times during the school year. So he was just kind of nodding off and hanging out and trying to trying to balance himself out. He had been driving up until like 4 in the morning. The that's amazing. Night. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's kind of a place where you do expect, you know, to see, you know, somebody who's been up till, you know, 4 in the morning driving, driving an Uber. Uh, yeah. I mean, and you saw another guy, too, right? He was just trying to make a living or... Yeah, um, there was a, another another person I met there. His name was uh, Raul. He was a, uh, a Central American immigrant, I believe, from uh, Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the weird thing is that um, he said he came to this country and he was seven years old. That's not weird. The weird part to me was that he mentioned that he came here by himself at seven years old. You know, I'm like, how does that happen? Because interesting. Um, just don't hear about many cases of. You know, solo children, especially at that age, coming over here, and you know they openly talk about it. And but, like, what was he doing when you were when you were talking to him? He uh, he rolled up on his bicycle, and uh, you know he props it on the on the front door of uh-huh. the laundromat, and he goes walking around and talking to people and trying to see if he could if they could buy his jacket. He had this like North Face type of uh, you know rain jacket that he was trying to sell, um, and he was really just trying to get whatever he could for it. It he he wasn't picky you know he asked me and i'm like i can't buy it how much so sorry how much did he want for it he 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 just wanted like a couple of dollars for it he didn't even like you know he didn't say give me 20 for it or not like i know he just wanted a couple of dollars for it that's amazing and uh was he trying to sell anything else or was he trying to yeah he had a jacket (laughs) this kind of like purple vest with a hood on it Uh that he was wearing underneath and then he also pointed to the bicycle he rode in and uh, he was like, I'll even sell you that if you want it. You know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get some food, he was saying. 
Interesting. And who else did you run into? Uh, so there was uh, I, there was a, there was a lady with some really 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 good advice uh, for uh, for how to uh, take care of uh you know dirty dirty sheets yeah yeah i um i i, I her name escapes me right now but uh-huh. see uh-huh. this let me paint you the scene the scene was i was sitting down on this bench and uh you know i'm just watching people literally pull in with you know i'm talking about like gigantic trash bags full of clothes and she was pulling out these like really generic looking white towels like the kind of towels you get at a hotel mm-hmm and so they're, you know, they're like, like I'm thinking, like, who, who washes hotel towels, you know, at a laundromat? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Well, there's these, you know, these services, right? These app services that are taking over laundromats, essentially. They employ people to wash other people's laundry, don't they? I had no Rain, but I, but so, like so it's interesting because I doubt that these, that yeah. these laundry services have the know-how of this woman. And what was her advice? Oh. She actually, so what I, what I saw is that she had a spray bottle. And for every towel she pulled out. I mean, to me, they look clean, but she would somehow find a um, a stain or a spot uh-huh. that looked, you know, a different color. So she would spray it and then throw it in the washing machine. And I saw this for so long where I was like, I just have to ask her, why are you doing this? But I've never seen anybody do laundry like this, you know? Uh-huh. And so she's like, this is kind of like my way of doing laundry. If you spray the area... The affected area, and she said this in Spanish, um, so the translation is probably off because you know different languages. But she was like, if you if you spray things up and then wash it, you know you'll definitely get rid of the stain out. But what about did was she the one that had the advice about the dryer? No, she was not. Okay, what was, tell wait, what was in the spray bottle. The spray bottle was like an extra heavy duty cleaner. It was like um, was it like bleach? OxyClean or something oh, yeah. like that. Okay. Right. Yeah. But what about what about the dryer? The dryer. So I met um, I met this woman. Uh, I I think her name was Michelle Brousseau. and uh, her and her husband actually don't even live in a mission. They they live in uh, they live in a Utah hotel over in uh, in the Selma area. It's kind of like right across the freeway, um, off of Fifth Street and Bryant. Not to be confused with the hotel Utah. Don't know then. Never mind. Let's omit that part. <laughs> um, but you know, they, they come from an uh, an uh, they they rent a hotel room, long term hotel room, but they don't have laundry on site. And so what they they have to wash um, clothes at a friend's house, and they pay this friend so they could use their laundromat, you know, their, their laundry machine and their dryer and all that. 